Welcome to this episode of Freemasonry Today. My name is Colin Peterson and I'm a Freemason here in Victoria, Australia and belong to a lodge operating under a warrant issued by the United Grand Lodge of Victoria. This podcast is my own work and offers my own views and those of my guests, which may not be those of our lodges or the United Grand Lodge of Victoria. The topic of this podcast is the structure of Freemasonry. Is a Freemason just a Freemason? Once you're initiated, is that it? How is Freemasonry structured? To help me answer these questions, we're fortunate to have very worshipful brother Ian Buckingham, the Grand Superintendent of Education here in Victoria, who's also the chair of the Masonic Knowledge VAT. Ian's been a Freemason for 21 years and obviously is very high up in the, in the Grand Lodge echelon, being the Grand Superintendent of Education. So welcome, Ian, and thank you for joining us. Thank you very much, Colin. Pleasure to be here. Let me start by asking the obvious question. We know there are different degrees in Freemasonry or, or, or different levels. Can you tell me about the first few, the, the first, second and third degrees? Sure. The, uh, interestingly, there are all up about 33 degrees in Freemasonry, but the three that really count are the first three, i.e. the first degree, which is defined as being the entered apprentice degree, is really the first introduction that you get as a candidate into Freemasonry. And it's really about explaining what Freemasonry is about and introducing you to the concepts of Freemasonry. After having passed the first degree, you go on then to the second degree, and that's much more an explanation of how we go about doing things, and then on to the third degree, which is the Master Mason's degree. Those three degrees right around the world are pretty much the same, and those three degrees are the only degrees that you have to do within Freemasonry to become a Master Mason. Everything after that, fourth through to the 33rd degree, are all voluntary actions. So the Blue Lodge, which is the basic introduction and main lodge associated with Freemasonry, conducts those three degrees. Beyond those three degrees, you join other appendant bodies but even when you go through and you do something like the 33rd degree in the Scottish Rite, that is no more senior to the third degree in the Blue Lodge. You mentioned the craft part of Freemasonry before. Are there other orders? I know there are other degrees, but are there other types of, of, of Freemasonry orders that you can join? Uh, there are. I think that the basic thing... You know, we, we know that a lot, of, a lot of people join Freemasonry for the social aspects associated with it. So they like the fellowship that, that, that Freemasonry provides. But a lot of people also like the educational aspects of it. And I suppose that as Grand Superintendent of Education, that's where I should be focusing. But what I find with Freemasonry is that no matter what you do in Freemasonry, it is part of an educational experience. So you can go in and you can do public speaking, you can do planning issues, you can go in and work out 
can study how Freemasonry developed and you can study all of the aspects of it and how you can apply those in your normal daily life. So there are lots of things that you can do and there are lots of areas that you can focus on. For instance, some people like the ritual and the ceremonial aspects of it and they will focus their attention on those parts. There are others that like the educational side of things and the historical side of it. And so they'll spend a lot of time doing that. So when you go through the lodge, and, and I should say that I've never gone beyond the blue. I've always focused, went through, did my Master Masons course. Then I got involved in management within Freemasonry. And I went in and I acted as a director of one of our ancillary organisations, working my way up to be chairman of that group before I came back into Grand Lodge and started working within Grand Lodge. So there are lots of areas within Freemasonry that people can do and where they prefer to work. And so we find that, you know, you become a Master Mason, you spend a number of years there, you can work through your lodge, various chairs within the lodge up to being the master of the lodge and then the next year is the immediate past master. For some people, that's enough. For other people, they want to go on. And some of these appendant organisations provide opportunities for people to move beyond just that third degree. And so you, in a Victoria, you can move into the mark and become a mark master mason. You can go on and into the chapter. Some go into the mark and never go beyond that. So there are areas within Freemasonry that cater for most people's tastes and inclinations. So you must always remain a member of your local lodge. So you must remain a member of the Blue Lodge and then you can build on it from there. So you can go into the mark, you can go into the chapter, you can go into the order of the secret monitor, you can go into a variety of appendant organisations that cater for various aspects within Freemasonry. Some of them, such as the Scottish Rite, for instance, takes in, assumes that the first three degrees, ended apprentice, fellow craft, and Master Mason have been completed, but then you can go on and do degrees four through 33 with the Scottish Rite. With all these different sort of aspects or degrees and orders within Freemasonry, how does somebody who wants to get into Freemasonry or somebody who's newly in for Freemasonry find out about all these things? Well, interestingly, uh, and, it, and it certainly changed from when I first got involved because in, in the days when I was getting involved in Freemasonry, I had to ask the question. I had to go to someone and ask them. And I had a father, an uncle, a father-in-law, two grandfathers, uh, and going back even more members who were Freemasons. And yet not one of them approached me and asked me, was I interested in becoming a member? I had to ask the question and I had to seek out the information. It's a lot different these days. And in fact, all you've got to do these days is open up the web 
and you will find opportunities offered on the web to go and join and to contact Grand Lodge. And what's happening these days with Grand Lodge is if you ring up and indicate an interest in becoming a Freemason, Grand Lodge will take your name and contact details where you live and it will source a lodge in the area where you live or close to where you live. Let them know that you may be interested and then they'll come back and contact you about becoming a member. You've mentioned Grand Lodge and, and a number of times. Uh, what is Grand Lodge and how is it different to a normal lodge? Grand Lodge is the all-encompassing body that controls and manages normal lodges. So each lodge is affiliate of Grand Lodge and comes under the control of Grand Lodge. And in many ways, Grand Lodge could be regarded as the executive group within a company. In this instance, we have a CEO and we have a Grand Secretary they are effectively responsible for the day-to-day -day management of the organisation. We have a Board of General Purposes. The Board of General Purposes functions very much like a company board, that they are responsible for setting policy. And whereas that we have a Grand Master and a Deputy Grand Master, we also have the President of the Board. If somebody wants to join Freemasonry, they've got time and the interest, how do they go about getting on one of the various committees or onto the board? How would they become part of or be involved with Grand Lodge and the management of Freemasonry? It's, it's, in some ways, it's an anti-tall poppy syndrome in that you, you really have to be able to stick your head above the crowd and say, I'm interested in doing some more beyond just being an ordinary member of the, of the uh, craft. I know with myself, the reason I got involved was because one of the trustees of Royal Freemasons Homes installed me in my second term as master of my lodge. I had to get up and give a speech. I was approached a couple of days later to see if I was interested in going on the board of Freemasons Homes, which I said I was. I did nine years on that and three years as chairman. And at the end of it, I was effectively the feather duster. There was nowhere else for me to go. I put my hand up and said, look, I'm really interested in helping Freemasonry. Is there anything that I can do? Whereupon I was quickly grabbed and put into the position of team leader of the Masonic <laughs> Knowledge that. And it's progressed from there. So the aim really is if you are interested in progressing through the craft, you've got to let people know that you are interested. Just one last question. We've been talking because you and I, as I stated earlier, are both here in Victoria. To your knowledge, did it, is the structure of Freemasonry here in Victoria pretty much the same as elsewhere around the world? It's very similar. I mean, there are some jurisdictions in various countries that are slightly different. There are some that give their secret signs in different ways. But by and large, it's pretty much the same. So if we were to go to America and go to Virginia, for instance, in 
we would find it very similar there. If you go to the United Grain Lodge in England, it is very similar. There are slight differences, but by and large, it is similar. Thank you. for. I'd like to thank you, Ian, for, for joining me on this podcast and for providing your insight into the structure of Freemasonry. And to everybody who's listening, I'd like to thank you for listening, and I hope this has provided some light into the mysteries of Freemasonry today.